All right, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 3. And that's, we're going to be in verse 11 through 17. Some of these verses we covered last week, but um, kids, I'm going to invite you when I read this, it's a little different. So maybe your drawings will be a little bit different today. We'll see. But if you guys will all pray this Matthew prayer that we have, and then we'll get into the text today. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen Consider and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 through 17. This is John the Baptist speaking. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with the unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, he, he consented. And when Jesus was baptized immediately, he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened up and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Finally, we get to see Jesus as an adult here and Jesus came to shift the power structures of this world, but also shift the power structures of our very lives. John the Baptist shows us the way with his baptism. He is the one that goes before. And even Jesus wants to go further than that. Jesus wants to sift through our lives and change our very identity. He wants us to repent as we saw last week. He wants us to bury the old life and live in the newness that only Jesus will bring. We talked about repenting last week. This is one of the first markers of our new identity as Christ followers. As we're preparing the way for Christ to do his work in our lives, we repent. And our identity is how we know who we are. That is what our identity is. And as we follow Jesus, he shifts how we know ourselves. One of the greatest threats and fear of our age. You see commercials for this all the time to protect us against identity theft, right? That someone or some group may steal who you are and use the details to steal money from our banks and use our identity to do something bad that would harm us or other people against us. How many of you guys have had identity theft on one level or another? Some of us, right? Okay. I had my Amazon account hacked a couple years ago. Somebody got in there, ordered a bunch of stuff. I couldn't actually log in to control it. I had to call Amazon corporate, which was a nightmare in and of itself, because someone was buying stuff on my account. 
I noticed it right away, the very first day, because it was sent, still sending me emails that, hey, you ordered this, you ordered this. I noticed it right away, I reported it, and I eventually got control of my online uh, identity back, which basically means I got all my audiobooks back from this thief, right? So, but it was a pain in the neck to be sure. I actually was super grateful because I had a friend that works at Amazon and I just emailed them and they, they were very gracious to me and hooked me up with like an executive count member that could do all the things. It was very good. But interestingly enough, the things that they bought, they shipped to me. I think one of our Xbox, they told me I could keep all the stuff too. So uh, one of the things they shipped to me was a Xbox controller that we still use to this day. Uh, but one of the other things that they uh, shipped to me was lingerie. And so they stole my identity and then shipped me some lingerie. It was a very interesting identity theft. And so, but identity is also a very interesting conversation in our culture today. Amen? Like, who are we? Who do we identify as? People get to choose the, in this day and age how they want to identify. And folks take this and run with it, right? I read an article last year that one girl identified as a cat. Not as a person, just as a cat, you know, meow, the whole nine yards. And the school district was trying to find a way to legally let her be a cat. I find that very interesting. She was a human child uh, and she identified as a cat. And that's not the common way how others identify. But, and I don't want to um, tell somebody how they need to live. I'm not interested in controlling them. But I do believe that Jesus invites us to lay down our life lay down our identity and to live a different way. He is shifting our identity. Jesus takes our identity as an important thing. This is an important thing for Jesus. He comes, he cares deeply about who we are, how we see ourselves and who, how we get to live out that it's vital to him. And as we prepare for the way of Jesus' life in our life, and as we confess and repent, as we discussed last week, as we admit that we don't have all the answers and we confess that in and of ourselves, we are not enough, in that we need Jesus. And as we say we need Jesus, he teaches us to live differently. We don't live into ourselves. We don't live into our better selves. We, as Christians, get to repent from ourselves. Um, not because we're wrong as humans, not because we're inherently bad necessarily, but because we are loved by a great God. And he wants us, he wants us to know this love at a greater level. But the kingdoms of earth, the ones that we see and we live in, it's very, very different from the kingdom of God. Amen? It's very different. The kingdoms of earth do this thing. They lie to us. They give us false power structures. They constantly tell us that we are not enough. We are not enough. That we need to be something different to be happy. Maybe we need more or greater, but we are not happy with whatever it is they're trying to push us on us, right? Whether that be a, a drug uh, from a pharmaceutical company or a gadget that you know will make our lives so much easier. The kingdom of this world uses these things. They use shame and guilt. They shame us and they guilt us to, to feel not enough and move us and manipulate us to get their thing that says is enough. And the kingdom of God is trying to show us that this is all a lie. Now, I should say the power structures of this world use to shame and guilt us. 
And let us not be deceived. The church is susceptible to this. We've all seen it. I know that for a fact. We've all seen the power structures that try to manipulate people and motivate them to do what they think is best instead of what God has for each and every one of us. And John the Baptist, if you scrolled ahead or read earlier in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist has some very harsh words for those leaders of the religious establishment in that day, he said, why have you come out here? Who warned you to repent of the wrath to come? And not all of them were a part of the kingdom of God. A large part of them didn't want anything to do with Jesus. And John warned about the power structures, all of them, even the religious ones. And you know what happens? Jesus does too, repeatedly. We're going to see this as a theme through Matthew. And Jesus, because Jesus wants to invite us to set our identities in him. He wants that for us. He desires for us a new way, a better way than the one we know how to live. And an identity that exchanges our sadness, our grief, our sorrow for joy. It takes our not enoughness and shows us his great love for us and that even as you are right now, God still loves you and you don't need to be different or better and he loves you and wants that love to motivate us. He wants us to turn away from the power of this world. He wants us to turn away from the power structures that lead us away from his way because he is our creator. He knows better than we do. It's not, he's not selfish or self-promoting. Jesus wants good for us. He wants good for us. And that is why the message of repentance is so important in this life. It's not a popular message. It's not a soft message, but we need to change. We need to change. He knows we will mess things up, that we won't always get things right. And in that, he offers his grace for us through his great love. John tells us that Jesus wants to baptize us. Baptism is one of those things. It's a, we call it in the church, we call it a sacrament. And a sacrament is something that shows the way of grace, shows the way of this life for Christ. We do this every week through communion. Jesus' broken body and his shed blood for us. And then we take this post-resurrection so we know that he's not still dead, that he is alive. We're constantly reminded of his grace in this. It is a constant reminder Uh, that we don't live for ourselves, that we don't live for ourselves. I recently read uh, a woman's account of being a Christian, and she didn't become a Christian until she was in her 30s. Over and over and over again, she identified with her baptism. It was very striking. It was very noticeable in her thing. It was a significant event for her. It wasn't just something that was done for religious purposes or because a bunch of people were doing it. It was a real marker of what Jesus had done for her and changed how she identifies because now she gets to identify her life with Christ. And I confess, it's not always been that way for me. It's not always how I've thought about my baptism. Her account reminded me that this is how I get to think about my baptism. So I was baptized when I was 13 years old. Well, I was baptized, I, I actually... I was baptized as an infant. That's probably where it really set, up, set apart. I was baptized as an infant in the Presbyterian church. Uh, my mom had me baptized. And then when I was 13 years old, I got baptized at Monroe Community Chapel. I remember the one at Monroe Community Chapel. I don't remember the one as an infant. And that's the church that I grew up in. I knew what baptism meant 
they did a very good job explaining to me that, hey, when you're baptized, you're saying that you identify with Jesus, that, that you're committing your life to following Jesus wherever he may lead you. I knew that my baptism represented Jesus' life, his death, and his burial, and his resurrection. Standing there in the baptismal was a life. This is, what I, this is how I was told. Standing there was life. You walk down willingly into the water, and that is, represents your life. Going down into the water signified death. And then being under the water was burial. Thank God they didn't hold us there for three days. Amen, right? And then coming out of the water was resurrection. And when I came out of the water, I became a new person at that time. That's what they told me. They said, no, you're sealed, you're marked, you've committed your ways to Jesus, and you're going to follow him. It wasn't explained to me exactly like this, but I, the baptism, they said, is changing your identity. You are no longer belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus. And my identity was now in the person, at, my identity was now as a person who has died to themselves and lives for Jesus. I remember that I was baptized with two of my friends. One of them is walking with Jesus, but for many, many, many years, probably even in earlier sermons, I've, I've preached about baptism. He ignored his baptism, just ignored it. He did whatever he wants. And since he has repented and now believes what Jesus has done in his life, and my friend, one of my friends chooses to identify with Jesus once again as his true identity. And it's a beautiful thing. The other, one of my friends that I got baptized, refused to believe that his baptism means anything of significance for him. He refuses it. And I pray that, that, um, I pray that God will change, that he will repent, that he will again identify with Jesus. And I am friends with both these men today, which, I mean, it was a long time ago, and I'm grateful for their witness of God's work that is still at work in my life and in their life. And I know for a fact, at least one of them is grateful for that day of baptism because he remembered what we said, what we committed to, and he remembered that, not perfectly, that I've been walking it out. And in that is God's grace that it can be done. So this baptism is a marker of identity. If you are a baptized Christian and you have a new identity that is given to you through Jesus' grace, through his death, burial, and resurrection. You have been set apart for Jesus, which by the way, that set apart means that you are holy for Jesus. Jesus thinks you're holy. Your identity is found in Christ and not in yourself. He's given you gifts that he wants to use. He's given you good things, but it is not for you. Your life is hidden in Christ. And this is a good reminder in our day and age, period. We get to identify with Jesus, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and his righteousness. And if we identify with him, then you know what we get to do? We get to strive to walk in his ways. The new identity that he's given us. Once again, this is where repentance comes in. It's so important. Oftentimes, we can forget that our identity is hidden in Christ. And we get to be reminded over and over and over again. Which, by the way, I don't think is a bad thing. Because the scriptures tell us, 
all the time by way of remembrance. Remember this. Remember when. The scriptures know that it is not always easy to remember in this atmosphere of this earthly kingdom. It's not always easy to remember that there is another kingdom that we live for. That there is another king and his name is Jesus. And he is our life. And then in this, Jesus sends us a a helper. Amen. He sends us a helper, the Holy Spirit. This is a baptism that we get to consistently live in as the Holy Spirit is alive and active in our lives on a daily basis. I have been and I am still being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I walk in remembrance of what Jesus has done for me and he's doing with me and he's doing through me, I am still reminded of the ways that I get to die to myself And be reminded that my identity is not in who I am, but my identity is buried in Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. And if we have been baptized, then our identity has been changed. And it is changing. We get to live into this different life. A life with Jesus as led by his Holy Spirit. And by the way, with baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are times when it's going to feel like a threshing floor or like fire or like you're getting sifted out or like you're having things happen that don't feel good and gracious and kind all the time. But as we go through it, we know that Jesus is shaping us. He's molding us and he's giving us his identity. And this is something that we identify with and get to live into. I love that it uses that he's going to baptize us with fire in in the scriptures because Fire is often used to talk about purification. It's a way of sifting out what is false and living into what is pure. And as humans, we have some things that we need to get sorted out. Amen? We have some things that we're working out. We have some areas where we need to realize the true identity that Jesus wants us into and repent and let go of things that we may make up as idols or things that we don't uh, aren't living for Jesus. We get to invite the work of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And we get to yield to it. This could come with signs and wonders, and I pray that it does. But more than that, the Holy Spirit wants us to lead us into the truth of who we are in Christ, the truth of our new identity. And not only that, one of the great fruits of the Holy Spirit is repentance. It's how we get to be reminded and how Jesus wants to remind us of our baptism. And as we find our identity in Jesus, we get to be baptized as he was baptized. He was baptized with water and with the Holy Spirit. But there's also a message sent to Jesus at his baptism that gets to become a message that for us, as his followers, as our life is now hidden in Christ, This message is ours as well. This is the message that God sent when Jesus was being baptized. This is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. This message doesn't get to become ours because we are something awesome and God wants us to keep living for ourselves. No, we're living into repentance. This message comes when we identify with Jesus. This message is our motivative motivation to keep living for Jesus, to keep walking with him and walking in the new identity that he is working into our lives. And this is an identity that is marked 
and sealed a banner over us is love. God loves us. God loves Jesus, and as our life is hidden in him, God is well pleased with Jesus, and our life is hidden in him. Love is not simply tolerance, like, okay, I'll permit it. No, love is not fleeting feeling that just comes and goes. Love is deep, and it's meaningful, and it's secure. And as we say on Christ, the solid rock I'll stand, we are standing in the fact that we are loved by God. That we are loved by God and he is not disappointed in us. He's not, um, he's not unpleased with us. He is pleased with us. And as our life is hidden in Christ, we get these benefits. Baptism is not just about death for death's sake because you are bad. It is because you are loved greatly. We do have sin and God doesn't like or tolerate that either. But As we come to Jesus, we come into him because of love. He loves us so much that because of his love, we want to give up all our ways, all our false identities, all these things that we're living into that sin would try and put on us in this kingdom of the earth and live into our true identity who is one who is loved, where Jesus is our king and God's kingdom is ever in us and ever flowing from us. And as we learn our identity, we are learning that our sins are cleansed by Jesus. Amen? Every single one of them. They are taken away. We're about to sing, as far as the east is from the west, so he removes our unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, says it beautifully. And it talks about what it means to live into our new identity in Christ. You can go in 2 Corinthians 5, It says this, for our sake, he made him, that being Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. When that is ours, when our identity is in Christ, when we die to self and follow Christ, that is who we are. That is our identity that we get to live into. Grace and Mercy Church, one of the things I love about this body of believers is that we're all pretty sincere. And we're all pretty stubborn. I know all of us. That's true for us, right? If you don't, you can argue with me later and that'll just prove my point. So so for us to change, for us to change as a group and as individuals, you know what it's going to take? A work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we identify with Jesus, as we become more like Him, as this work is ongoing, we may change by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that, we'll know that it's the Spirit's work because, like I said, we're all sincere and we're all stubborn. But let us be reminded today of what our baptism means. It, in sincerity, our life is not our own. It's not ours. We get to die to ourselves and live as Christ would have us live. If you are perfectly following the Holy Spirit, awesome, keep it up, right? But for the rest of us, let us repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let the truth of who we are in Jesus be bigger than our lives, shape our lives, and let us be reminded of our baptism constantly. 
And may this lead us to know God's grace and that he is not disappointed in us, but has great love for us. And he is well pleased with us because of Jesus. Jesus, I pray that we may identify with our baptism, with death, burial, resurrection. Lord, we confess that it's not always easy to live into our new identities, but we want to. We want to be like you. We want to follow you. So Lord, will you please do this for us? Let our desires be to seek you and follow your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.